We turn to Romans chapter 16, and the title of my message today is Encouraging One Another. Romans chapter 16, begin reading at verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Also greet the church that is in their house. Greet Epinetus, my brother, or my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are outstanding among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Statius, my beloved. Greet Apelles, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nerus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. We know that every part of Scripture is for our encouragement, our instruction. And Father, we pray that you would open our eyes, our minds, our hearts to what you would have us to see in this passage of Scripture today. Lord, help us to be encouragers. And we think of mothers today. Help us to be encouragers of moms in the ministry you've given to them. And help us, Father, to encourage all of us, one another, for the glory and praise of your name. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The passage of Scripture we just read, and I'm not sure I pronounced all the names correctly, but this passage is one that would be, I suppose, pretty easy to pass over. After all, it's primarily a list of names. It, it kind of reminds me of a, of a genealogy in some respects, and I suppose when you are reading through Scripture and you come to a genealogy, you say, well, what, Lord, what do you want me to learn here? All these names, is there some lesson you want me to learn? But I would suggest to you that this passage of Scripture tells us something about how the Apostle Paul viewed people. He was not a lone ranger. I don't know if you've ever gotten that impression, but he was not a lone ranger. He wasn't a man who was so strong that he didn't think he needed people. He loved people. And what is interesting about this list of names is that he is writing to a church that he has never visited. Isn't that amazing? 
And yet he gives all of these greetings to all of these people, a whole slug of people by name. And really everything he says about them is in the form of an encouragement. So this passage of Scripture is important because it teaches us what it means to be an encourager in the family of God. And one author puts it this way, he says, one of the, that this is one of the most instructive chapters of the New Testament because it encourages personal relationships of love in the church. Personal relationships of love in the church. That makes me long even more that we can be back together again because those relationships are so vital, so important within the body of Christ. So, so what does God want to teach us about being encouragers in the family of God? Well, first of all, we encourage one another by loving in practical ways. Paul begins this section of his letter by commending a, a woman that he calls Sister Phoebe. Verse 1, I commend to you our Sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is at Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Now, most Bible students believe that Phoebe was the one who delivered the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Rome. And it's interesting, her name means bright or radiant. And from Paul's brief comments about this woman, she was bright and radiant. She let her light shine. Now, Paul describes her as a servant of the church, which is in Sancria, that was her hometown, and a helper of many, and of myself as well. Now, Phoebe was obviously unknown to the Roman congregation, so Paul commends her to them. And then he gives some instruction as to how they ought to treat this woman who was delivering this letter to this congregation. He says, you are to receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints. In other words, they are to receive her as a true believer in the way that true believers receive one another. There's a special way in which true believers receive one another. It's amazing, isn't it? You can meet someone for the first time. And if they are a believer in Jesus, there is a special bond. I, don't, I can't explain it, but there's something you feel like you've known them for a long time. And this would imply that the way believers treat one another is different from the way that the world treats people. We accept one another. We welcome one another. We embrace one another because Jesus has accepted us. This is what we read from our scripture lesson, Romans 15, verse 7. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. I don't get many chances to visit other churches. The trustees and deacons want me to be here on the weekends. I guess that's part of my job. But it's interesting when you visit various congregations, the, the, the different feel you get, the different response you get as, as a visitor. I've been in some churches where 
no one says anything to you, and you wonder, you know, did, did anybody know that I was here? You just kind of ignored. Well, you've got all these different groups of people that are, are, are chatting together. And then I've been in other churches where you feel like you just came home. You come in and people greet you, they welcome you, they introduce you to someone else, they say, here's the coffee and cookies, whatever it is. You feel like you're at home. In fact, you feel so at home, you think you could go into the kitchen of the church, open up the refrigerator and grab something to eat. That's the kind of welcome in some churches. So maybe ask the question, what kind of a church are we? Are we a welcoming congregation? Are we looking for those that we don't know? Now, here this morning, I know everybody because there's only seven of us here, okay? But when we get back together, will we be that kind of church where someone comes in and says, you know what, they love people here. This is a welcoming place. I think I could go in the kitchen and grab something out of the fridge and they wouldn't wouldn't bat an eyelash. Paul says, I'm commending Phoebe to you. And welcome her. Receive her in a manner worthy of the saints. In a manner that is consistent with who you are. He also says that they are to help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. Now, she's delivering this letter. She probably needed some hospitality. She probably needed some place to stay. If you know anything about what it was like in those days, uh, you didn't want to stay in a motel or an inn because they were often very unsafe places to be. So she needed some practical help with some practical needs. And this practical expression of kindness is what says to people that we care about them. And it is a great encouragement to them. It's one thing to say, when you know someone has a need, I will pray for you, and we ought to pray for people. But if that's all it is, and if there's a need that you and I can meet, that says volumes to people, doesn't it? When you're willing to give in some way to meet a need. I read about a seminary student, and this was many years ago, as you'll, you'll understand what I mean. He and his wife had come to the end of their resources. And they came to church, and all that they had was a nickel. <laughs> Just a nickel. And there was a man that came up to them after the service, and he just sensed that there was some need in their lives, and, and he handed them a $5 bill. Now you say, well, yeah, a $5 bill, but that was years and years ago. And the seminarian says, why, why did you do this? And the man says, the Lord seemed to whisper in my heart that you were in need, so please take the money as coming from him. Now that's a practical expression of love. That's what it means to encourage one another. Maybe it's a meal, maybe it's a gift of money, maybe it's helping them fix something on their house. It could be anything. There's something about those practical expressions of love that encourages people. And if you've been on the receiving end of that, you know what that means. And if you're on the giving end of that, praise God. Because God works encouragement in that wonderful way. Notice, secondly, we encourage one another by... Working with diligent efforts. It's interesting, as Paul greets all of these believers in Rome, did you notice how many times he mentions their work? Verse 3, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. 
Verse 6, greet Mary who has worked hard for you. Verse 9, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. Verse 12, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. I find it interesting how many times he mentions work. These people weren't partially committed to the ministry of their church. They weren't serving the Lord when it was convenient. They were committed to the ministry of Jesus regardless of the cost. And there was a cost. It's interesting, the word translated work in these verses is a very strong word. It means to toil to the point of exhaustion. So it's not just describing, I mean, this is, uh, this is describing commitment here, significant commitment here. And I don't think you need to be physically strong to be a hard worker in serving the Lord. Uh, many think that Tryphena and Tryphosa, if I pronounce them right, were probably twin sisters. And they may have been, as sometimes, you know, multiple births are, twins or triplets are, smaller in stature. They may have been smaller in stature. Their names mean delicate and dainty. That's never been used to describe me, by the way. Delicate and dainty, and yet they were committed to work hard for the Lord regardless of the cost. So if you're involved in some kind of ministry, in some way it costs. It, 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 is, it is work. <laughs> Remember Pastor Haugen when I was in seminary, he says, if there's one word that describes ministry, it's sweat, he said. <laughs> It's labor. Now, you may not be risking your life like Prisca and Aquila did. Or you may not be facing the possibility of prison like Andronicus and Junius. But in some way, it will cost you. Cost you your time. It may try your patience. It'll challenge your faith. You'll face times of discouragement and frustration. But I encourage you to stick with it. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Canon Haug tells of a chaplain who was ministering to a dying soldier and he asked him, he says, is there anything you want me to tell your mother? Not your dad, but your mother. Yes, he said, tell her I'm dying happy. Anything else? He said, yes, write to my Sunday school teacher. Well, what do you want me to say? Tell her I died as a Christian and I have never forgotten her teaching." A few weeks later, the chaplain received a letter from the Sunday school teacher. It said, God have mercy upon me. Only last month I resigned from my Sunday school class. I felt that my teaching was not accomplishing anything. She said, then I got your letter telling me that my teaching had been the means of winning a soul to Jesus. I'm going back to my pastor at once. And I'm going to tell him. That with God's help, I will be faithful until the end. 
Do you see the impact you can have on other people when you labor for the Lord? Moms! <laughs> Tell mom I, I died happy. Tell mom I'm trusting in Jesus. Sunday school teachers. How many Sunday school teachers get discouraged? Boy, there's times when those kids are so squirrely and you wonder, are they hearing anything? Are they listening? Is it impacting their lives at all? <laughs> I'll tell you what. When you are diligently laboring for the Lord, that is an encouragement. If it's an encouragement to no one else, no one else it's an encouragement to your pastor. Okay? <laughs> when you see people that, that are involved in the work of the Lord and diligent and, and uh, saying, God, just use me, that blesses my heart. That's an encouragement. We encourage one another by working with diligent effort. Thirdly, we encourage one another by honoring with genuine appreciation. If you read through the list of people that Paul mentions here, there are many names we probably don't recognize. Probably the way I read them, you probably don't even recognize them further. Other than Prisca, or sometimes Priscilla and Aquila, and Rufus, you've got to love that name, I don't think that, that any of the other people that Paul mentions here are found anywhere else in Scripture. I might be wrong on that. But I know you find Prisca, Priscilla and Aquila, and Rufus elsewhere. But the rest of these names, I don't know anything else about them. Men and women that uh, few people have even heard of. And maybe a lot of them were people that worked behind the scenes. They served the Lord in ways that weren't seen by many people, but Paul honored them by telling them how much he appreciated them. Greet this one. And he would have something to say about their life and, and ministry. And we need to remember that when we read these letters that Paul wrote to these churches, sometimes we forget that these letters were read publicly, before the whole congregation. So you're in the church at Rome and, 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 and the letter is being read and you go through all of those chapters and you get to chapter 16 and maybe you're getting tired and sleepy and then Paul mentions your name. Whoa. Wow. He actually knows my name. He actually cares about me. He actually, to the whole congregation, says something about me that he... He appreciates. He, he, he honors them. That must have been a, a great encouragement. We need to realize, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, that everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs encouragement. In fact, some people desperately need to be encouraged. There was a corporate accountant who took his own life and people were wondering, was there some money stolen? Was there some issue with the books? And, and so they looked. They couldn't uncover anything as to why he took his life until they found a note. It simply said this. In 30 years, I have never had one word of encouragement. I'm fed up. Can you imagine that? 
working in that position, in that company for 30 years, never a single word of thanks or encouragement. Some people desperately need to be encouraged. And maybe there's someone we know who desperately needs to be encouraged today. There's another example of how Paul honored genuine appreciation. Not just for what people were doing now as he writes this letter, but what they'd done in the past. In verse 12, you have this reference to these sisters, Tryphena and Trophosa, workers in the Lord. That's a present tense. And then you got, greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. That's past tense. I appreciate John MacArthur's comment on this. He says, because the work of Tryphena and Tryphosa is spoken of in the present tense, and that of Persis in the past tense, it may have been that the first two were younger women and still active, and that Persis was an older saint who had already lived her most productive years. But all three were noted for their work for and in the Lord. So not just the people that are involved. What about those among us who are older and can no longer do what they used to do and what they want to do? They need to be thanked and honored for their commitment to the Lord. I remember when my father was dying, could no longer minister. There was a group of pastors that flew from the Twin Cities, came up to Upper Michigan where my mom and dad lived, and they just wanted to encourage him. Just to thank him for the years of ministry he had. To thank him for the ways that, that he had impacted their lives. I think my dad was feeling useless at a time like that. You bet he was. And what an encouragement. That just really meant a lot to him. And Paul does that here then. Not just the ones who were currently involved, but, but Persis who was... We don't know, maybe an older saint. And he mentions her as well. Honoring people with genuine appreciation. We need to do that. We need to be grateful, thankful for the work that people are involved in in, in the congregation. Well, finally we see then, we encourage one another by living in relationship with the Lord. There are some people in the body of Christ who have a special ability to encourage. You probably, people probably come to your mind, you know, who would you say is an encourager? I'll bet you there's someone that comes to your mind. And, and it may be that, that they have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Romans 12 says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So he gives some example. If prophecy, according to the proportion of faith, if service in his service, or he who teaches in his teaching, then we come to verse 8 and it says, or he who exhorts in his exhortation. The word exhortation is often translated encouragement. In fact, many translations use the word encouragement to describe this spiritual gift. 
So there are some people who have been given a special ability to encourage or to exhort others. Does that mean then we can say, well, I'm not a, I don't have that gift, right? I'm, I'm not an encourager. I got the gift of prophecy or I've got the gift of teaching. I don't need to encourage. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't think Paul would agree with that. I don't think he would agree with that at all. He would tell you, we are all called to be encouragers. In fact, if you read his letters, you will notice how he emphasizes encouragement. I counted 16 times in his letters where he talks about encouragement. To me, that's significant. And in this letter to the Romans, he mentions encouragement three times. Chapter 1, 11 and 12, Paul says that this is one of the reasons why he wanted to come to Rome. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you. Each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. So what is Paul saying? I want to come to Rome so that we can mutually encourage one another. Chapter 15, verse 4, Paul says we find encouragement in God's Word. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And then in Romans 15.5, Paul says that the source of encouragement is God Himself. He describes the Lord as the God who gives perseverance and encouragement. So the lesson in this chapter is really pretty simple. Encouragement is the fruit of a living relationship with the Lord. If we know the God of encouragement and spend time in the word of encouragement, we will be a source of encouragement to others. Let me say that again. If we know the God of encouragement and spend time in the word of encouragement, we will be a source of encouragement to others. So let me ask you, you want to be an encourager? I hope you do. There are people that need it. And there are some practical ways that we can do that. Today's Mother's Day. <laughs> There's one way you can encourage someone, your mom in some way. How about telling someone how much you appreciate them and are thankful for them and why you are thankful for them? Some specific things about that person that you appreciate. How about writing a letter? I read an interesting story about a four-year-old girl. Her name was Ruby. Loved to run and sing and play, but she started complaining about pain in her knees. So they took her to the hospital. The results were shocking. A diagnosis of cancer, stage 4 neuroblastoma. And Ruby was in, in some difficult trouble. So as her hospital stay lingered on, there was a nurse there who was pretty smart. And she said, let's just put a mailbox outside of Ruby's room. And then she can check that mailbox every day and people could send a, a letter of encouragement. Well, this story uh, went on Facebook. And during the time that she was in the hospital, 
There were more than 100,000 letters. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And what an encouragement, this little girl. You know how little kids like to get mail? Just think of that. This young little girl. People all over. People she didn't know. Stuff in her mailbox every day. Sometimes it's just as simple as, as a letter. This is what we're reading today. Romans 16, it's a letter. <laughs> it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome. So maybe it's time to write a letter. And I'm going to suggest not a text, not an email, <laughs> but a snail mail letter. Because there's something about getting a piece of paper. Ah, maybe you young guys, I don't know if you think that way, but... Us old people, there's something about going to the mailbox and opening up a letter, right? Not this digital stuff, but an actual letter. Actually written with a pen on a piece of paper, huh? Not a print-off from computer, but a letter. There's something special about that. Everyone needs encouragement. And some people need it more than you will ever know. May God help us to be encouragers. Let's pray. Father, you are the God of encouragement. Your word is what gives us encouragement. And a living relationship with you is what will produce in us that love for people and that desire to be a source of encouragement to one another. Father, I pray today for those who may be facing real times of discouragement. Father, would you bring someone into their life? Someone to honor them. Someone to, in practical ways, reach out to them. Someone, Father, who who cares about those whose lives are perhaps very challenging right now. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you can do in our lives. Work through us, Father, to be that source of encouragement to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.